Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Lore Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. Ooh. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. How come every time we sit down, it sounds like we farted? I don't know. I just assume we f- we fart after a long, a long expedition. Well, with all these hard chairs we sit on, you'd think it'd be echoey farts. Yeah. Well, you would think so. We should do it. We should do a show now. We should do a show now. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, oh look, here comes the barmaid. What can I get you, boys? Oh my dear. You know what? I don't. I don't know. Do you have like a Khajiit whiskey? Something that's not rot meth. That disgusting thing. I don't know. Just something like that. Khajiit whiskey. I think that's called milk. Oh, that sounds awful. Give me a honey mead, please. <laughs> it's been my I'm going to be very Abner Thawne, and I'm going to take a tea. A it's tea what? time. A tea. I'm actually drinking tea. Okay. Yeah, I have a newfound love for tea. It's the weirdest thing. That is weird. Don't judge. Okay. All right. This is- Coming right up. All right. Okay. Oh, dude. <laughs> it's been a while, yeah. bro. It's There's been so much that's happened since we were last here. We took a trip to San Francisco for the reveal. Uh, it's it's just been kind of like full on hype train for us. We've been just waiting to get going again. But uh, how have you been, my friend? I'm good. I'm way busier than usual. Like uh, January is the month of hell for me. Except for our trip to San Francisco, it was amazing. But um, yeah, January is just a busy, busy time irl for me not normally mm-hmm. just this particular month uh this pretty much this entire week i've been in uh class for the job and um it's taken away a lot of my game time and i am on edge on edge right now. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not kidding you i did not think it was going to affect me i literally have had time to log in and get my daily rewards and log out and either work on a project or go to bed yeah so, grump dog right now. Yeah. Until I get to play. But this weekend's going to be glorious. Glorious. Yeah. get to play. Absolutely. So, it should be good this week. What about you, man? Besides somebody getting a running start with a two-handed battle axe and slicing your kid's forehead open. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of happened, like, right before we started the episode. Uh, we were late, and uh, they... Uh, <laughs> Junior took a uh, interesting turn right into a brick like pillar and uh we realized as the blood was gushing like okay time to go to the emergency room so we took off went to the emergency room got that all squared away and we're back but man it's been so like it the moment we left and went to san francisco all i wanted to do was just cast i missed that whole week we were gone when we got back all i wanted to do was just cast like that's all i wanted to do well i missed it so bad i missed it so bad and uh juggernaut jibs jr chat says oh man what's funny was chat chat can see behind me and chat was telling me to let my cat out because my cat 
cat was like stretching at the door and scratch. <laughs> Thank you. I've let my cat out of the office. So, yeah, I've missed it too. Uh, I've I've missed being able to. Now we've been creating content, and actually we have some really cool stuff that we're going to be doing here in the near future. Yeah. But um, so we still are creating content, but we've missed creating that content live for everybody. And I think you and I both agree that this is the way for us. I, I Man, we fought it for so long, but this is so much more fun to do this with, you know, however many people are in a chat room with all these friends. Right. It's fun. And so we want to do this once a week and then just kind of move this into streams. I think not sure that we're really in a spot right now where we can do streams on like a regular basis, like on a set schedule. We're trying, yeah. but my schedule is full Bosmer. So it makes it really difficult for us to do that and not have all the burden fall on jibs. So for many, many more streams from us, just gameplay streams and having fun streams, but we are uh, definitely be doing our show on Twitch. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. Well, we've got so many different things to talk about. But, uh, well, are you ready to get started? we got a lot to talk about. We, do have we should get started soon. We should, we should get started. All right, everybody. Well, welcome back. This is, we're in double digits now for this volume. We're at uh, Volume 3, Episode 10 of the Lore Seekers Podcast. My name, you all know now from the stream, is Jordan Butts. Or, for short, I go by jibs around these parts. And uh, I'm joined by Mr. SoCal himself, Cash. Oh, God, do not refer to me as Mr. SoCal. Is that a real thing? Yeah, but you know what I am glad about? What's that? I am glad that your real first name has now been exposed. It is. Well, You, yeah. your OPSEC is over. It is over. It is yeah. over. At this At this point, I'm just, I'm waiting, like, to, you know, growing up with this name, it's uh, rather interesting. So, you know, I'm looking. We should to- tell the story one of these days about how I gave you the nickname Jibs. Well, we could tell it. There isn't that much to it. I, I couldn't. I remember I joined the the community, Mog Nation at the time, and everyone had these cool nicknames. And I'm like, wow, I have I have I have no ideas. So I just put JB, and then you turn it into Jibs because if you sound it out, it sounds like Jibs, right? Is that close? Yeah, something like that. Okay, I'm, I might have been drunk at the time, but it stuck. You prob- so you probably were. Uh, but anyway. Yep, well, um, let's just jump into the news here. Let me grab my pack. All right. Well, this episode, I'm just going to tell you right now, it's huge. It's the biggest, probably one of the biggest episodes uh, ever for us. Um, There's just a lot to cover. So what we're going to do is we're going to be doing this whole show based off of quarters. Quarter one, quarter two... And three and four for uh, Elder Scrolls Online. It's not going to take us four quarters to get the podcast done. No. Close. No. But uh, anyway, well, so we got invited out to the reveal live stream for Elder Scrolls Online elsewhere. And uh, man, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. I mean, the the only thing that would have made it better would have been to have all of our lore seekers there with us to experience the glory of the reveal for one, but the glory that is the developers, the press. 
mm-hmm. because they are amazing people. And I know we're going to talk about it. So. Oh, yeah. Fantastic people. It's a lot of fun. I just got to say right now, um, Jess, Jessica, and and beautiful Jay are I, Jay unfortunately wasn't able to be there, but Jess, you know, Gina and everybody, Gina was such a sweetheart. Rich was so incredibly kind. Um, Jess, I absolutely love that family. Like if you, if you ever just met a family and you're like, I love them so much. If we were neighbors, there would be barbecues. There would be just potlucks. There would be good things. Like they're good. Oh, you're creeping it out. You're creeping it out. They're good people. How am I? Okay. How am I creeping it out? I don't know. You just met the people. Yeah, but they're nice. <laughs> they are. I'd break bread. I'd break. I would bread. certainly break bread. They were really, they were really kind. But it was a lot of fun. Um, it's cool. Twitch headquarters was awesome. So, yeah. Apparently, it took them. What did they say? Two years to build that. A couple years to build that. Uh, um, they, I don't. know. It's an Amazon company, so you can imagine how amazing it is. That place like blew us away. Just put it this way, but without going into too much detail. The cafeteria had beer on tap for their employees and a different menu every day. Mm-hmm. A vegan menu, a meat eaters menu, a vegetarian menu, and the food was incredible. It was like, really? It was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I liked the arcade room with the NBA jam. That was rad. I could sit there, I could lose hours. And just yeah. playing old school NBA Jam. That was, that was fantastic. But anyway, super cool place. Uh, the beer on tap thing that was awesome. <laughs> but um, so that was. They had kombucha on tap. Yeah, who does who that? Does that? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. yeah, it was pretty badass place. So you can tell, which I mean, it's kind of the reason why Twitch's product is so incredible, and why they're the number one streaming service in the world uh, for for gamers their people love working there they have to love working there i mean we saw a bunch of smiles walking around the corner all the time it was just really an experience it was quite an experience yeah oh here's a quick tip by the way any of you who are streaming it could be whether you have one person watching or you have five thousand tens of thousands of people watching they are constantly pulling up random streams on these screens throughout the, the company so we were sitting in the cafeteria just watching all kinds of streamers, and they're pulled up at random, and uh, so it's really cool. You're a lot of you are probably on the Twitch wall, the main Twitch hall area, and you don't even realize it. So right, right, right. While you're eating, there's a big old screen there, and we saw tons of streamers, including some that we recognized. Yeah, so, pretty cool. Yeah, that was fun. Well, so during the live stream event, uh, as you know, Rich, or I guess let's let's bring this back so like fifty-five thousand people if they were watching we got a unique wallpaper seventy thousand we got a hot pepper bantam guar pet and then 90k it's rich is now getting a tattoo which was rather funny so we've achieved all of those goals and on top of that if by the way since we did get this pet as long as you log in by january 1st through the 31st you are going to be able to get this. <laughs> You're going to be able to get this pet. But uh, so, yeah, we got all those things. We get to see this tattoo that Rich has to get, which, by the way, he's not a huge fan of needles. So, yeah, Rich is getting a leg tattoo, I think. I think it's what he's saying. He'll, He'll man up. He'll man up. He's a tough bird. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, there was that. 
And, uh, you know, I think we should just kind of jump in here. So this is all pretty much one massive article, and it's broken up between live stream details, and there was one article they put out this week. So just kind of follow along, if you will, I guess. So this first one coming to us, Chapter Season of the Dragon announcement. All right, so this coming to us from, obviously, ESO Official. Taking place over the entirety of 2019, it's what they call Season of the Dragon. We will experience a year-long interconnected adventure that begins very soon with the Rathstone DLC game pack and continues through the upcoming Elsewhere chapter and beyond. So, we got coming up right now, the Rathstone DLC dungeon pack, which we're getting ready to go through all those details in a hot second. And what better way to introduce all of you to this Rathstone DLC than uh, Mr. Mike Finnegan, Dungeon Lead, over at Zoss, and uh, Michelle Graves, Content Designer. Check this out. So it's a year-long adventure, and we're going to bring you to two dungeons first. To kick off Rathstone, we have Frost Vault and Depths of Malatar. In Frost Vault and Depths of Malatar, you're going to be seeking out both halves of the Rathstone tablet. In Frost Vault, half of the tablet has been sealed away by the Dwemer in a vault deep within the mountains of Eastmarch. Frostvault has all manner of creatures in it. Goblins, Dwemer, traps, and you're going to have to battle through all of those to get to the Rathstone. In Depths of Malatar, you will discover that the tablet has been sealed away deep within the sunken city of Garlis Malatar, where it is protected by followers of Meridia who have devoted their very life and essence to making sure that the tablet never sees the light of day again. You're going to go against goblin tribes, Dwemer traps, crazy constructs, and even get turned into a tiny skeleton. Collapsing bridges and structures, and I cannot wait to see how players handle it. Once you deliver the tablet halves to Abner Tharn, he takes you on this adventure that leads to the Halls of Colossus, and you witness the biggest fuck-up of his career. Rathstone is just the first part of the entire story that brings dragons to Tamriel, and we can't wait to see players dig in and face all these new challenges. All right, so... Dragons, baby. Getting started yeah. here. Getting started. How about that? Stone. How about that, Michelle Graves? I love her hair. Yeah, <laughs> she's kind of punk rock. I love it. Yeah, yeah I love the hair. Kind of cutie patootie. Love the hair. Don't make it weird. So anyway, <laughs> 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 we got two new dungeons coming up. This is how they're starting off the whole season of the dragon thing. And uh, first off, like um, uh, Mike said, we've got Frostfall. And depths, and then depths of Malatar. So the synopsis here for this whole update or this DLC is this: the Imperial Chancellor Abner Tharn, Mister Douchebag himself, using the Wrathstone Tablet, has opened the halls of Colossus and unleashed a horde of merciless dragons upon elsewhere and beyond. But how did he get his hands on both halves of the powerful relic? And what the heck is he doing in the halls of Colossus? Right. We are going to speculate that later, mm -hmm. I promise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. These two new dungeons tell the first part of the Season of the Dragon story and show how you and the famous Redguard scholar, the Raya, returning for both dungeons, you discover these long-hidden artifacts. So anyway, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah. The yep. A, a whole year-long story that's going to feed off of each other for the whole year? Yes. 
that is the kind of epic quest that I enjoy. Oh yeah. In games, in stories, in books. That's what I'm talking about. And I think every player is going to get to experience that. And then certain portions of this, obviously with the dungeon packs, you're going to get to experience with your buddies, which makes it even better. It's just, what do they have in store and how are they going to introduce a very, very big part of what's coming up? The new class. Mm-hmm. 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 I can't wait to talk about the necromancer in a little bit. Yeah, I feel me too. Hey, we mm-hmm. actually have uh, we have a guest that just popped into chat. Ninja six one four is in chat. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, thank you very much for the host. Um, nice to see you. I am sorry to hear that our friend Ninja caught the kind of hat and flu in our travels. I call it the California cred because I got it too, a little bit. Did you really? Yeah, a little bit. It kind of kind of hit me afterwards. I think it was the airports, man, hanging out in the airports. For so long, just yeah. that's a germy place. But anyway, all right. Uh, so, California's poop. It's yeah, poop. Yeah. All right. So frost. What was it? Did I say frostfall? Yeah. Okay. Frostfall. All right. So uh, the entrance to the frost vault has been uncovered, and this previously lost dwarven vault is open for explorers and treasure hunters alike. While vent- while our reasons for venturing deep into this frozen dungeon might differ from Thoraya's. You must both contend with a local goblin tribe that has made the ruins their home. Be warned, it's still a dwarven complex, and dangerous automatons, <laughs> deadly traps await those who manage to delve into the heart of this ancient facility. Ooh, it looks good. I like it. Ancient dwarven complex, which we all know when they were abandoned, a lot of times they were re-inhabited by goblins, mm-hmm. and this plays right into lore. Oh, absolutely. We have to like that. Absolutely. Yeah, so this looks really cool. And congratulations on the pronunciation of the Raya. Did I nail it? So, so proud. I, I, I feel so. Thank you. Decoder song. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so as far as Depths of Malatar is concerned in this dungeon, I like seeing Thraya again. I, I, what was the main dungeon we saw her first? It was the first dungeon she was in, the one with the sand everywhere, and you're going around to all these various tombs. And at the end, the thing explodes, and she's like, run. You don't know. All right. Yep. Oh, I've been there a billion trillion times. I just can't tell you the name of it. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Chat will help us out. Chat. Give it help us 15 chat. seconds. Help us chat. You're our only hope. Um, oh, yeah. By the way, we're streaming live on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Lord Seekers Podcast. So there's that, too. Um, all right. So in this dungeon, you, the ever-inquisitive Thoraya, and the spirit of her lost husband must venture into a secret imperial fort and discover... The ancient alien ruin beneath it. Man, that sounds cool already. That sounds yep. so freaking cool. You and your team, however, are not the first to try and uncover the secrets of Malatar. A lost Imperial Legion and shining Daedric agents stand between you and an ancient power that brought ruin upon its original inhabitants. Shining Daedric agents. They must all have really cool haircuts like Cash. <laughs> they must wax the top of their head as well. <laughs> Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so there's that. All right, so here's some things to know about both of these dungeons. One, they can be completed, both of them, on normal, vet, and vet hard mode, which is awesome. Should you yeah. complete these four player challenges, you will be rewarded with powerful new item sets, unique collectibles, including a new skin and non-combat pet, 
And this is the fun part. This kind of reminds me of Wolf Hunter. Uh, simply by entering either of these two new dungeons, you'll earn the Aeliad Royal Crown Hat. Which actually doesn't look too bad. No, it's not too bad. It's alienish. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Kind of has the whole tattered vibe to it. If you look at the image, uh, you kind of see some tattered cloth in the back, and then metal at the front. Almost reminds me of Lord of the Rings. Maybe a little Sauron esque. Maybe. Maybe. Could be. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. And we're also getting with this uh, update twenty one. We got a lot to talk about with update twenty one. Yeah, part of which we're not going to be talking about tonight because I think we got a big breakdown coming up mm-hmm. maybe next week. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, we're not going to be talking racial passives this week. We wanted to make sure and give that its proper time because there's definitely some things to talk about, and we want your <laughs> we want your opinion on it. So we're going to be bringing back zone chat for that, uh, epi- which will be next week, next week's episode. So we will go over it from there. But so update twenty one, a new battleground eld. Angvar. This new arena is located somewhere in a place between worlds. And while we're fighting, make sure and watch your feet, because apparently the map has platforms and it sounds like it moves. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be fun. That's going to be very much like uh, the one that we already have in there that has the center arena that you I always run straight to the button and hit the button so mm-hmm. people floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that should be pretty cool. Agreed. Here's the fun thing, though. We're getting some uh, more PvP rewards added to this whole th- shebang here. Including a pet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get the uh, Ellen... Uh, what is this? Ellen here? Ellen? Oh, it didn't take, you, didn't take you long. Ellen Ellen her? Yeah, the H is silent, so that would be <laughs> Ellen here, Arena Lion Pet. I don't know what this looks like. Have you seen what this looks like? No. Okay, uh, it's, it's a lion. It, it can't suck. Uh, that's true. Uh, you, this is earned by uh, collecting arena gladiator proofs. And then we've got some weapon outfit styles that resemble the three battleground teams. Pit demons, storm lords, and fire drakes. That's awesome. Yes, yeah, so you can really show your allegiance to your PvP penis. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty... I did it again, didn't I? A little bit. <laughs> Kind of a thing now, so I might as well just roll with it. <laughs> We're so <also> dirty. <laughs> We're also getting some base game additions and improvements. We got the zone guide system coming, which this is huge. Holy crap. If you are a completionist or if you're somebody who finds themselves getting lost whenever you are, maybe you're questing, you step away, then you come back and you're not sure where, what the heck you were doing. Well, this is awesome. Uh, this new tool can be accessed from your group and activity finder or map. It allows you to see your progress. And it was there two eyes there? You deleted an eye. Was that really? I'm literally making corrections as we go along because you are freaking Ron Burgundy, and you will read whatever's on the teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making sure so that the podcast runs nice and smooth. It's true, and I'll do it without hesitation. <laughs> All right, so uh, it allows you to see your progress in any of Tamriel's zones or beyond. This includes tracking activities like zone story quests, way shrines, delves, striking locals. What? Striking locals? Oh, okay. Like You wrote it. Uh, they did. Uh, sky shards and much more. You can also 
give yourself a quest marker to your next objective in order, starting from the zone's quests. With this new system, everybody that enters Tamriel can easily find their next adventure and help them finally 100% a zone. That is awesome. Hey, just a real quick note. If you have not heard about these base game additions and improvements, pay attention to this, because I'm like, I knew about these, but now listening to them again, I'm getting re-excited for newer players. Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So go ahead and continue. We'll hit on the newer player thing uh, when we're done. Okay. Uh, we're also getting, oh, man, this is huge. <laughs> this is, this is yes, sir. Guild Trader UI is getting some updates. It's getting some love, some long-awaited yeah. love. You can search for specific item names. You can see an item's price per unit, and uh, you can view your previous searches. They've also overhauled the UI in general and reworded item categories so they better reflect what people are looking for. Um, look, we were talking in the hotel room. I don't know if this is when you were grabbing drinks or <laughs> when you did the whiskey run or not. I forget. Should, should we tell that story real quick? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think we should. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then I'll let you continue on your thought. Sorry about interrupting. No. I'm really not sorry. Yeah. So, I hate you too. This is how our, this is kind of how our trip started off. And this is how, how epic the entire thing became. But, Jibs and I met in in the um, airport, and then we took a lift back to the hotel. Um, we literally went straight to a whiskey store and bought some whiskey. He was wearing a kilt. Went back to the room. Hang on. Yeah. The, the guy was wearing a kilt. You could have kilts fitted there, and then you right. could rent them. Just that side note, it was weird. I saw his leg hair. All right, continue. Jibs wanted to wear a kilt just because he was in California. I was like, no, dude, we don't do that here. It's just this guy, and then we went back to the hotel room. So we were hanging out. Um, Ninja came to our room, and so the squee was already huge because we're, we're hanging out talking to Ninja. We were having whiskey together, and then we ended up, fast forward a little bit that same evening, we ended up, an entire group of us, including uh, community managers, um, Jess and Gina, and Rich Lambert. We ended up in Rich Lambert's hotel room, which was blowing our mind anyway. And he was going to go over the script for the next day and go over, you know, what um, what could be talked about, what couldn't be talked about. He was going to show the new trailer and the things that were getting released. And I, since I was going to be in the green room while all this was taking place, uh, which actually ended up to be kind of a purple room because it was Twitch. Um, I opted to not watch it because I wanted to be surprised with everybody the next day. So I left to go get drinks and Rich completely blew Ninja's mind and Jibs's mind by showing them everything right there on his personal laptop in the hotel room. So when I walked in, Jibs's mouth was pretty much on the floor and then I filled it with whiskey. So... That's how the the entire trip pretty much started. If you can imagine, put yourself there, a couple of nerds in there with our devs that we love so much, another personality from our community with Ninja. It was just unreal, and we couldn't believe we were there. So, Jibs, thank you for that. Continue. Yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. We uh, we were going over the script. We watched the trailer beforehand. Um, 
I told Cash that moment in that trailer when the dragon came out, the last one, kill or cow, cow grunted, when he yeah. showed up, it's just like, oh crap. <laughs> that was one of the best. That parts. moment, when he showed up, that moment, and he stopped, and you could see it kind of, it goes a little bit slow at that moment when he's coming out, and you, you can see that Cal the dragon just looks over a little bit and sees. Yeah. His, yes. He, yes. He sees Abner and his companion there for a split second. He just kind of looks at him like, I don't have time for you. But to me, what that did is it, it lent to the massiveness of these dragons yes. and the fact that they realize they're incredibly powerful. And that wasn't even worth his time. He was just like, whatever, I'm out. Yeah. I got stuff to do. Yeah, the first time I saw it, I missed it. I didn't see, you know, that he had looked over at them. But then the second time, he looks over at him like, eh, I'm leaving. Deuces. (laughs) And he's out. Yeah, just like it's, you're not worth my time. I've been stuck in the halls of Colossus for so long. The best part about that was when, uh, the best part about that was when Abner's mouth was literally hanging wide open watching (laughs) that was that was the oh shit moment (laughs) yeah literally was like oh no (laughs) bubba no 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 (laughs) (laughs) why'd this happen for us that's what it was to me um so anyway the trailer fan freaking tastic uh all of it the Breton at the end. When, here's Okay, well, all right, we'll talk about that later, Necromancer. So anyway, Ooh, you just gave it away. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, so anyway, yeah. Guild Trader UI. You know what's funny? We were talking, um, chilling in the hotel room with everybody. You wouldn't believe the difficulty of just getting the search in the Guild Trader UI. We were talking about with Rich. It was actually quite a technical feat. It took them quite some time to put this together. And so anybody who says, oh, you just got to add a search in there. No, it was more than just throwing a search bar in there. There was some serious adjustments they had to make internally to make that happen. And so the fact that they finally right. put put it all together, I'm just like, thank you so much. And you know what's funny, too, is it's not that they don't want to make this stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these things we've talked about and a lot of these things have been on Reddit and have been on the forums and it's obvious that the community wants these things. Yeah. It's not that they don't want to put them in the game for us willy-nilly. It's that it takes time to get these things in. And, you know, you can't just take a dart and, you know, throw it on a board and like, okay, that's what we're working on. Right. They have to plan it and then they have to pick maybe two or three things to work on because they all can be can be quite an undertaking. Right for them to to take on, and this, I mean, they literally told us this. That's that's how it works. They can only work on a few things at a time because some things just take time. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Hundred percent. So yeah, the, that's quarter one is the Wrathstone DLC. All these wonderful updates. I know there's going to be more, and there'll be more articles that come out that kind of vomits everything out to you including the race of passive changes, which we are talking next week. Next week. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now. I'm going to go ahead and throw this in here. If if you want to be featured, if you want to be in there with the mail courier, I want to know two things. One, 
your opinion of elsewhere, this this whole DLC, and two, racial passive changes. That, that's the focus for next week. So you can always call us at our voicemail line at 765-382-6961. Write it down, put it in your phone, give us a call. Got questions, we got answers. Yeah, the racial passives is going to be a, a large segment because it is a very big change to the game. And I'll just tell you right now, I think it's a change for the better, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you know, it wouldn't be a new chapter reveal if Mr. Loremaster himself, Lawrence Schick, didn't introduce it to us. So... Oh, <laughs> pitter patter of my heart. <laughs> the man's amazing. He's so passionate about what he does. Do you, do you remember what they told us? Like in his off time, for fun, he translates. Yeah. What was it like a a play? The three Musketeers. The Three Musketeers into English. Yeah, yeah. Which immediately makes him infinitely smarter than I will ever be. Yeah, he will forget more lore. Than I will ever know. <laughs> Does that bring it into perspective for you? <sighs> yes, and all his greatness. All right, well, here we go. Lawrence Schick, Lord Master of Zoss. We've also got Bill Slavicsek, the uh, lead writer, and senior concept artist Joe Watmo. Let's take a look. Welcome this year to Elsewhere, so how are we doing the mysterious time? southern province of the cat people of Tamriel. So, Little so, seen in so Elder Scrolls just... until now, the fan-favorite Khajiiti folk. You're going to love them. So for this year, for the Elder Scrolls Online, we're taking a new approach. We had, with uh, the province of Elsewhere and with the threat of the dragons, a story that's so big that it even transcends the chapter format. So we're going for a full year story, all four quarters, all tied into one epic saga that enables you to work with these great characters to save the Khajiit and the land of Elsewhere from these terrible threats. We've done stories that have stretched over multiple releases before, but this is the first time that we've concentrated a single theme into everything we're doing for the year. It's the year of the dragons, and it's just some amazing content that I can't wait for you guys to play. Dragons, those dread creatures from out of the past that have been hidden away for so long, but released to threaten elsewhere. Going to elsewhere gives us the opportunity to explore the legends and mythology of the Khajiit. Arguably, they're one of the oldest Elder Scrolls races, so we wanted to show that they've inhabited this place for a long time. And that, to me, was a really interesting thing to work on. You know, a lot of the architecture is built out of there, you know, the living rock of the zone. We like to draw on real-world cultural influences or real-world geographical influences for cultures that we work on in-game. Some of the areas we looked at were North Africa, West Africa and Yemen. Geologically, these areas were varied enough to give us enough variation for the zone, but they were also interesting enough to give us lots of cool geographical features. If you know anything about the Khajiit, you know that the moons of Tamriel, Joan and Jode, exert a tremendous metaphysical influence over both their form and their culture. We're going to be going a bit into the basis of that, and you're going to learn more about their relationship with the moons. 
Throughout the year, we're going to get to explore lots of different aspects of the Khajiiti culture. We're going to get to see how they rose from 16 different kingdoms to become the united nation, or mostly united nation, that they are today. Uh, the cat folk come in many different varieties, uh, and they have a lot of different uh, ways of looking at the world, and that means conflict. We're going to find out how they get to govern themselves but are still part of the uh, Old Mary Dominion and what that means. And uh, we're going to see some things that we haven't shown before. Possibly the different types of Khajiit that we've heard exist that we've never seen other than in books. All of these things mix and meld together in our new chapter of Elsewhere, providing a really fast-moving and deep but exciting series of stories about pulling this realm back together and reuniting the Khajiit so they can stand tall beside their allies in the Old Mary Dominion. I can't give away too much, but uh, there's, uh, there's a number of different things that are coming that uh, are going to shock and surprise you and hopefully delight you. Uh, let me tell you, we're really excited about uh, presenting Elsewhere to you, the players. Uh, we've shown little parts of it before with Canarthi's Roost and uh, uh, part of Reaper's March, but we've been thinking about this for a long time. It's been a long time coming. We're really excited about this, and we really want to see what you do with it. Ooh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, man. Dragons have returned to Tamriel. Unleashed by Mr. Douchebag, Abner Tharn, and the Imperial Usurper Queen Uraxia. The great Cal Grantide, suck it, Chad, I nailed it. And his followers hunt from the skies and threaten to burn down the ancestral home of the Khajiit. You're on a roll tonight, actually. <laughs> it's all that emergency room hype, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> Adrenaline. You know, every, every single time I watch that trailer, or any trailer that Lawrence is in and he's talking about the lore that he's created. I just nerd out like full blown nerd out, dude. We get to go to elsewhere, like full blown elsewhere. Not just like Reapers March elsewhere. We get to go to elsewhere. Yeah. I cannot wait. And then alluding to some of the cha the racial changes, somebody may or may not be rolling a necro Khajiit. I'm just saying. Oh, me too. I'm doing, Dude. All the things. Oh, All the things. Yeah. All right. So uh, anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. I'm trying to my best to keep my necro talk contained because I can You keep your whole... necro in your pants, Mr. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no rising from the dead. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. I might have to vomit <laughs> in my mouth. Holy crap. All right. So anyway... Ugh. Edit. <laughs> Leave it. Else, it. Elsewhere, elsewhere is packed with new. Look at chat blowing up. <laughs> yeah, and you called it elsewhere, dude. I was watching a a reaction video to this um, to the announcement, and the and almost the entire time the guy was calling it elsewhere, and I wanted to come through the freaking screen and just grab him. Ugh. I'm like, it's a play on letters. Look at it. Spell it out super slowly. It's elsewhere. <laughs> you know, I'm having uh, the the pronunciation of it isn't so bad. The hard part is throws me off every time is the freaking spelling of it. I'm so used to adding an e at the end, so it's to me it's e l s e w e y r, and I just I keeps messing me up every time I try to tweet about it. It's Elder Scrolls writing. It's true. Yeah. Well, anyway, folks, uh, we got a brand new zone we can explore. It's elsewhere. 
What? Why did your mouth? You threw me. We got T and Crumpets in our chat now. Oh hey, Hi, T. Thank you. So awesome. That's good, man. Seeing all these people after a couple of weeks is fantastic. Um, all right. So yeah. elsewhere, uh, epic main story quest line that ties in the season of the dragon. We got a new. Th- this is kind of like the the summary of elsewhere, and then from here we're gonna go piece by piece. Okay, just a heads up on that. So we got a powerful new class, the Necromancer. We got a challenging new trial, twelve-person trial, Sunspire. Uh, massive new world events and dragon attacks. Uh, a huge amount of unique dells, public dungeons, and standalone quests, and a host of updates and quality of life improvements. You want to go over the story? Yeah. So, and this one blows me away because obviously Casual Ranger is going to be really excited about this one. If you guys don't follow Casual Ranger on Twitter, go ahead. If you want to hear about how the Imperials are the best all day. Anyway, he makes me lol. So the storyline covers the fact that the Imperials are invading elsewhere elsewhere with a necromantic army. So if that doesn't make the hair on the back of your neck stand up, I don't know what does. Dragons are running all over elsewhere. They're really, the kitties really kind of effed everything up because there's a lot of crap going on up there. Um, so you, as the player, get to help the Khajiit and find out why they're getting basically double-teamed on two fronts. Um, oh, my God. The references are terrible in this episode. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to continue. Um, <laughs> we will get to see how the Khajiit become mostly the United Nation that they are today. Uh-huh. Although they still like to pick fights with Bosmer. Um, Over wood. Over it's a funny thing um, ever. Yeah, yes, it is. Uh, we'll get to interact with the Alfiq, and the Alfiq, which we did cover in our Kajiti lore lesson, are talking house cats. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to learn a lot about their history. There's actually some renderings of the Alfiq that you'll get to see. So this is going to be very interesting. Oh yeah, man. Yes, this lore is going to be epic. Um, Abner Tharn returns, uh, with Alfred Molina, uh, returning with, uh, the voiceovers, which Mm -hmm. is epic. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we heard that already in the teaser that was literally probably like, I don't know, 10 words long, the teaser that we got a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. Um, so it is Alfred Molina returning with his VO. Sir Cadwell returning. John Cleese is still VOing him. That's so awesome, man. Going to be awesome. Um, of course, Raz is going to return for us, and then a very new, highly sought after and highly loved already, Kajiti female by the name of Kamira, is going to be introduced. Her story will be introduced. So my thought is we'll probably see cameos from a lot of these others, definitely not from Abner Tharn, but you will probably end up working with Kamira. That's my guess in whatever you know in all the stuff all the bullet points above mm-hmm. i would imagine so yep um i'm kind of excited about it i mean the story is why we show up for eso or yep. for any elder scrolls game nice. i mean that and slaughtering other players repeatedly <laughs> especially imperials especially imperials casual mm-hmm. ranger mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what's funny about this uh the whole vo thing was there's a couple things one Alfred Molina, 
in there, what was it? Rich was talking on the live stream. You know, when he first was in the studio getting ready to record the lines for Abner again, he had to keep reading and reading and reading, you know, these lines, trying to get, because this has been five years since he has touched this character, you know, since he has put brought life to this person. And so he went back, just took him a few tries as far as um, a few a few lines, and he had it. He's like, I know this guy. I remember. Let's go. And he nailed it first try. It was fantastic. Well, I mean, I mean the guy's an actor, so there's that. Right. But I'm sure, like Rich probably said, oh, you, you can remember. You can do it. Just act douchey. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Abnathon has returned. <sighs> Everyone, let's go. Let the dragons out. Okay. <laughs> Done. Totally makes him oh. play on words. Yeah. All right. So anyway, Sir Cadwell, he's getting new armor, by the way. I don't know if you know that or not, but Cadwell's a badass. He's got an upgrade well, since we last remember. Yeah, yep. good to see him back. And Rosamdar. He's still a pot. Is he still a pothead? I sure hope so. Then uh, Rosamdar's coming back. He'll have more kind of a. Um, he'll be there. He'll be present, but it's nothing like Somerset. It's not a cameo. It's more than a cameo, but the focus here is really elsewhere. <laughs> see what I did there? Yes, you go to his homeland. See his mommy and daddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a huge witch. All right. Uh, so. <gasps> Lyris? <laughs> don't say Lyris because Ninja's in chat. <laughs> I don't want him to flip out. Uh, so we, Lyris. we got the zone. As far as the zone's concerned, so they already talked about it. You know, we've been, and Cash kind of elaborated on it as well. You know, we've been very various areas around elsewhere. We've kind of had a minor Khajiit experience, if you will, and uh, but this time around we get to traverse few fertile grasslands, scorching deserts. We'll be able to confront the imperial occupiers and roaming bandits. From the stream, we've got some focus details here. Elsewhere's capital is the city of Remen, currently occupied by imperial mercenaries where the local Khajiit are equal part residents and captives. And if you wonder why I don't like Imperials, there is your sign. So freaking douchey. Uh, beyond the city, meet wandering nomads. We'll get to navigate the deserts uh, of the Scar. That's what they're calling. And by the way, um, in that trailer, the intro trailer to Elsewhere, it shows a map of the entire zone, like concept art. And you can see this huge scar going down the middle of it. Yeah, really, really cool. Uh, we've also got uh, Kajiti Ruins we'll be checking out. We've got all three biomes. We've got the Savannah Grassland Desert Biome, which is kind of Grand Canyon-esque. And then we've got the Jungle Desert. So there's your... And the Halls of Colossus. And the Halls of Colossus, yep. Which, speaking of... We're going to talk about that. Freaking dragons, man. Freaking dragons. They're back and better than ever. So once thought, this is quote, once thought lost to the mists of time, fearsome dragons now soar the skies of elsewhere, having scorched ruin in their wake. In the Elder Scrolls Online elsewhere, you must discover the dark purpose behind their rampage in a new epic story and prevent the destruction of the Kajidi homeland. I like this part right here. Take heart, for these scaled monstrosities are not invincible. And with the right planning, tactics, and tools, they can be brought to the ground and even killed. Coordination and skill are key to overcoming the dragons, but if you succeed, you'll reap rewards not found anywhere else in Nern. Beware the Skyswalker. Dragons, man. 
Yes, yeah, so they are, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but they're releasing an entire new skill line where all players get to Fusro Da. Yeah. Wasn't there like, awesome. wasn't like the level 10 of that is you get a free flying mount? Yeah, it's a dragon. Oh, fantastic. Can't you like, go, you know, like, you know, go wherever you want and totally skip over the land now? Like we no longer have to. Yeah, you don't have to travel anywhere. Oh, man. So I can, like, dive Is bomb people? And kill them? Nobody just tuned into the podcast <laughs> and was just like, wait, what? <laughs> There's no new skill line. It is not going to be one single player using a dragon shout to take down these <laughs> giant scaled monstrosities. They are pissed. They have been locked up. They're probably hungry. And they're not happy. So it is, we're not in that timeline. There are no dragonborn. Um, yeah. You don't have any have dragon shots. I mean, these, these you're going are... to you're have to work for it. Exactly. Chat said in regards to flying mounts, everyone left. <laughs> everyone left. <practically>. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> there will uh, be no flying mounts in this game. No, thank the heavens. Although Rich Lambert did say years ago, there would be no dragons in this game. <laughs> Don't. Mm-mm. 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 <laughs> all right. So we also got a brand oh, new trial. Wait. It's a Sunspire. Uh, dra- this is all about dragons. Okay. They've overrun the ancient temple of Alkosh and claimed it as their own. We, all twelve of us, must must enter Sunspire, explore the temple, and stop the new inhabitants. There's exclusive gear and collectibles that await those who can conquer Navantos and his followers. Oh my god, bro, you are on point tonight. Jibs is leveled your, up, baby. With your pronunciaciones. You're doing so good. So good. That's a hard ass word. It was a, it was uh you know, no, it really wasn't that bad, you know, it's pretty easy. Uh all right. There we go. <laughs> Shit's getting rich. Focus details from the stream. This is entirely focused about dragons. It's a full trial. Okay, so you've got the base pop bosses and cool mechanics for every boss its length is somewhere around Maul of Lorcage. okay that's what they're shooting for which is a good length that felt nice I remember running that one yeah yeah Maul's not too it's not terribly long my absolute favorite part that I think they nailed it if they if they did nothing nothing right if they did nothing else to this trial this right here is perfect each boss has its own unique hard mode oh my god which is awesome. Yeah, it is. But all I see, and this is how it happens almost every single time. We get into a vet dungeon. We're kind of doing, we're doing, going through the vet dungeon. They're challenging. A lot of them are challenging. We get all the way to the very end and we start debating it. Like, I don't know. What do you think? And I'm like, do you have enough time? I don't know. What do you think? Do you think we have enough DPS? And then invariably somebody just goes, F it. <laughs> Hits the button, reads the scroll, we all get a whiteout headache, and all of a sudden we're doing hard mode. Yep. That's how it's going to happen, because that's how it happens almost every time in Lore Seekers Guild. <laughs> or you and get, we end up doing fine. <laughs> yeah. Or the, the fun part is when new players come into just a regular dungeon, not trial, but just a dungeon, and they click the scroll not realizing what it is that they just enabled hard mode on a bed. Yeah, so I, and, and I will say this, though, too, about this new dungeon. Rich Lambert himself laughed and said, 
This one is almost sadistically hard. The trial? Yes. Yep. On hard mode. Yep. And the dungeons. Yep. On hard mode are very difficult. So if you can imagine like a vet fang layer on hard mode or a vet scale caller on hard mode, I would say would probably be somewhere around those. They're incredibly challenging. Yep. Yep. Agreed. For dorks like me. Better <laughs> mediocre players. <laughs> mediocre at our best. All right, so there's the trial. Probably Cash and I's most favorite part of this entire thing. We dedicated an entire episode to this edition of the DLC. The freaking Necromancer, man. We're getting it, dude. We're we got it. it. I cannot believe it. We're getting But it. we weren't alone. I mean, it's not like we did our, our podcast and lore lesson on the Necromancer, and then all, they're like, hey, that's a pretty good idea. Oh, no. <laughs> They've been talking about the Necromancer. The players have been talking oh, about the Necromancer launch. since launch. Yeah. So it, it has taken this long for it to get to us, but I'm and, and we've had a blast up until now, but imagine the payoff on May 2-0. It's going to be amazing. When's the release date again? On June fourth. Um, it is May twentieth for PC for early access, and then I believe mid year, the fourth of mid year. Okay. June fourth. Okay. For everybody. There you go. So. Yep. Necromancer. All right. There's so much to talk about here. I know we've been. <laughs> excited squeeing yeah for yeah. quite for quite some time and so anyway i'm just going to read this to you here elsewhere introduces the highly anticipated necromancer class to eso with this dark mysterious new class you will be able to command the dead and cast powerful elemental spells to overcome your foes and bolster your defenses it goes on to say draw from the power of death itself Oh, dude. Yeah, buddy. Sorry. All the Tamriel's <laughs> dead are a resource for you to manipulate, to exploit. Nothing is forbidden for those who seek to master the dark arts. The Necromancer class brings a new kind of tactical play, Delta Scrolls Online, allowing you to summon the undead and make use of corpses, all corpses, by the way, in order to overwhelm your enemies and empower your attacks. When playing a Necromancer... You must carefully position yourself and your abilities for maximum effect, giving this class an especially tactical playstyle. Do you remember when we were asking Rich about the corpses that can be utilized? Yeah. I specifically remember, I think Ninja asked about if it was that includes players as well. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what he said? Yep. Damn, Gina. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I remember Ninja was asking if you're in the middle of a keep and there's a giant pile of bodies right there. You can reanimate them. Can you, can't, you know, I'm sure there's probably a limit to what you can reanimate. I'm sure. But could you imagine that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Player corpses can be used, NPC corpses can be used. One thing I like about this. All right. Hang on. Hang on. Okay. All right. Focus details from the live stream on this first off it feels different okay we were talking in the hotel room bef- uh, before the show and by the way 
There's a lot of stuff that's on NDA that we couldn't say and we will not say, so don't worry, especially Zoss. I know you're listening. We're not going to say any of that stuff. But that being said, everything we're talking about, we can't talk about. That first one being, it it feels different. You know, like this is not just a Sork with undead pets and abilities. It has its right. own mechanics, um, which I think is really cool. You know, like not just making it a spammy sorcerer. Because you can totally yes. do that with a Sork. We both know that. We both main Sorks for a while. So. Yeah. So I, like, I kind of attribute these, you know, the tactical changes to the way the Warden was. With, like, directional heals and um, subterranean assault is, is more of a directional um, attack. So mm-hmm. if it, and I like that kind of playstyle. So if it's, if it's like that or, you know, akin to to that type of play style where you have to be a little more on your game in order to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. And I think maybe that's what draws me to ESO anyway is because it is way more of a dynamic play style than, you know, just mashing keys and pointing in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. So, which some other games are ESO is not that way. You got to pay attention or you will die. Mm-hmm. One thing I like about this class is that anybody can pick it up and play it. Okay, but it has a pretty high mastery curve. It's not going to be easy to master, but anybody can play it. Pets are more like turrets, okay? It's kind of like set it and forget it. You ever seen that on like the infomercials? Well, that's kind of what the pets are. It's let it go. It does its thing for you. It will fall apart, and corpse will be on the ground after it's all done. It kind of resembles the idea that the necromancer isn't a perfect art form, Okay. Like these dudes, right. the the corpses, they'll just fall to pieces, and that'll that'll be the end of it. Which Correct. Is- Which, if you remember from our necromancer lore lesson, we talked about that is the reason why they reinforce the joints and have to prepare a corpse. Yeah. Before reanimation. Yeah. And that's also why necromancers prefer orcs because they're hardier and they have bigger, more dense, intact bones. That's a really cool lore lesson, by the way. If you are interested in necromancers and their history or their lore, go back and take a look yeah. at um, our lore lesson on necromancers. It, it was it's kind of cool. It's on our website, absolutely in written format. Yeah, it's actually you can listen to the whole episode as well. I think it's uh, actually still t- trending on our website right now. If you go to the homepage, LoreSeekersPodcast <laughs> dot com, and the necromancer uh, episode is trending, so you can check it out there. Um. All right, so corpses really help power up the necromancer. So long story short, it's all about the corpses, bro. Abilities that create corpses and spin them. Those are available to you. Casting a spender on a corpse will empower the corpse. It will also work with any corpse, including mobs. Yes, we already said that. Necro tank line. So we were talking the night beforehand, and we're like, okay, so where does lichdom play into this because as a necromancer like the ultimate thing is immortality right for yourself we were joking about this yeah i think it was a joke yeah and i uh, said well <laughs> turns out turns out in the necro tank line the ultimate allows you to for a limited time turn into a massive bone colossus yourself uh which is kind of like their take on allowing you to become lichy for a few yeah so and, they're going to uh, let us become a massive, colossal boner. 
Yep. I mixed up some words, didn't I? (laughs) So the skill lines they they listed, I don't... don't, I'm kind of confused here because we have an image that's further down that we're going to reference, and the skill line is different. Like, it has soul mending, but that's also not a thing that's listed here, so I don't know. So just follow me here, all right? So skill lines, we got Reaper. You imbue the dead with frost, fire, and lightning to bring upon ruin upon your enemies. Raise relentless hordes of the undead and allow your fallen enemies to intensify your unyielding assaults. Then we've got Bone Tyrant, which sounds like the tank line. Bend and break the dead to your will and use the remains to create impregnable, blah, 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 impenetrable <laughs> barriers and extend your own life. Control the battlefield with the bones of the departed. Uh, then we've got Living Dead. I can see your smile. We got Living Dead. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just reading chat's reaction <laughs> to the massive colossal boner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got Living Death. Draw from the power of life and death to replenish and restore your allies. Resurrect your defeated comrades and keep them in the fight. Yeah. So here's some abilities that were shown on the live stream. We got Mend Flesh. Summon that one's a little was it? Summon skeletal mender, uh, restoring tether. Oh my god! Release essence, consume curse, and resurrect. Which, by the way, that resurrect looks like it's a mass area spell. That is not a yes. single hold F key. It doesn't look like. I, I think one of the best things they could have done was create these small little graphics, um, because that kind of helps you understand what the skill lines are going to be about. I will flat out tell you right now, my first necro will be a healer. Really? Oh yeah. You're not dude. doing deeps. I'm... Oh, don't worry. I have murdered three of my roster. They're gone <sighs> to make room for three necros. But I'm pretty positive my first necro is going to be a healer. Wow. Mine's going to be deeps. Mine's going to be deeps, healer, tank. I'll keep you alive. Okay. I've got your back. Okay. With my corpses. Okay. You know what's... Keep you alive. Another thing that's really cool about the whole Necromancer class is they've actually introduced the... From what I gathered from talking to Rich, it's kind of the first part of a justice system. And currently, there's just that one part, so it's called Justice Reactions system. So if we do something overtly necro and the an NPC will react to it. They'll freak out and they'll call the guards. Anywhere this will happen anywhere in Tamriel, not just elsewhere. So if I'm hanging out next to Cash, he blades of woe an NPC, I resurrect that NPC. Somebody sees it, they're gonna freak out. Alright? So that kind of brings right. upon the whole trend of hey Necromancy is outlawed. Hey, the Mages Guild, they hate it. Sigic Order, they hate it. Everyone's freaked out by it, seeing their long-lost cousin risen from the grave, you know. So, Yeah, and I think uh, there's probably, hopefully, that is going to extend to some of the areas in Tamriel that are even, like, even way more harsher. Right. Way more harsh on Necro and the Raising of the Dead. Which would be an Alakir. Right. Because the Red Guard are a cool thing that has to do with desecration of the graves of their of their loved ones. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, um, but Rich did say 
that they are working on that system now because they want to make the life of a necromancer a little bit harder to live in and operate in Tamriel, um, but still doable. So it's not going to be like, you know, you're going to get there and you're going to, you know, as soon as you walk into town, you're going to be like, why are all the guards deafing me? No, it's not going to be like that. But um, also if you use a skill, you know, you summon one of your skeletal baddies in town, people are going to take notice. Right. Because necromancy is outlawed during this time. Yep. So. Yep. Especially in Cyrodiil. Man, I'm going to... I'm gonna go full on necro. Like I'm, I'm ready to go. Magic a DPS, stamina DPS. I'm ready to do my main healer being a necro. I'm gonna tank for the first time ever. I'm gonna use a necro. At least four, at least four fifties are gonna be necro. At least, maybe five. You got your work cut out for you. I know. Well, we're pretty professional at leveling tunes <laughs> for all this time. Yeah, we've leveled a <laughs> crap ton of tunes. It's really sad, actually. <laughs> And I actually want to thank the community just real quick from saving me from rolling a new tune the other night. It's just a quick side story. I wanted to roll a new tune so bad. I'm like, I don't have any Khajiit on my roster. I need to roll one. Mm-hmm. And like, dude, just wait. Okay. So they helped a lot, actually, because so, I would have been leveling a Khajiit right now. So incredibly easy. Uh, for PvP, yes. we got a new system, Artifacts. All right. So Shia Gorath has decided there isn't enough chaos in the world and he's decided he's going to open up his vaults and spawn weapons in Cyrodiil. Now the first one that they're going to be doing is called Volindrum and this is an epic weapon, okay? It will spawn randomly in Cyrodiil and everyone will be notified when it spawns. All right, this will not reveal its location. It's going to you have to go out and find it. So people are going to be going all over the place to find it. So this weapon, being that it's from Shia Gorath, has somewhat of a twist to it. So if you're going to use it, you have to feed it. And the way you feed it is by killing other players. Here's the trick, though. If you're not killing players, the weapon, it's going to feed on you. It will kill you instead. So it's kind of like a Cash-22 there. It's kind of like a Chaos Ball. Yeah, a little bit. Yep, a little bit. Uh, this system is pretty much a good counter to the Emperor. An Emperor and a, someone holding the artifact, that's going to be a good fight to watch. It's going to be a real good yeah, fight to watch. Yeah, or the, pe- the question was posed to Mr. Lambert, can the Emperor wield an artifact? Mm-hmm. And he said, I guess you're just going to have to find out for yourself. Wouldn't that be awful? So, I mean, that, yeah. that would just be awful. Uh, pretty much, you could just mouse drop. Done. I win the internet. You guys suck. <laughs> Hold on there Story- for a while. Storyline changed. <laughs> I win. <laughs> Forget Septum. All right. Um, so Imperial City will now have its own campaign. Totally separating it, which is fantastic. I think it's going to be great for yep. performance in Cyrodiil for those who PvP there. I am yep. um, personally not a huge fan of the Imperial City. But I'm glad to see it go to its own campaign. That's good. Any anything that helps performance, especially that, it's good. Oh goodness! Well, we're almost done here on the news part, and then we got a special lore lesson. I'm not going to tell you what it is. 
It's going to be, I've been wanting this one for a long time. Well, it's going to be one of two things. I'm sure they can figure no, it out. They can figure it out. <laughs> um, all right. So if you, if all this sounds good to you and you're like, Jibs, I need elsewhere. How do I get it? Tell me more. Okay, friend. I'll tell you more. So here we go. We've got the Elder Scrolls Online Standard Edition, which includes the ESO base game, Morrowind Chapter, Somerset Chapter, Elsewhere Chapter. It's also available for pre-purchase digitally right now and in physical format at launch. Check your local retailers. When pre-purchasing the Standard Edition digitally, you'll enjoy immediate access to the ESO base game, Morrowind Chapter, and Somerset Chapter. For the digital upgrade... Okay, existing ESO players can also get access to the new chapter by picking up the digital upgrade. This version includes the Elsewhere chapter and is only available digitally. Now, maybe you want a little more. Maybe you're like, Jibs, I need more. I need a little bit more in my life. Okay, all right, all right, slow your roll. Slow your roll. Have a drink. Here you go. Digital Collector's Edition. If you're a new player who wants access to the base game, the all-new Elsewhere chapter, Morrowind, Somerset, and all that good things, this is for you. In addition to this, though, you'll also receive immediate access to the Morrowind and Somerset Collector's Edition items, which we're going to talk about here in just a hot second. Now, I'm pretty confident Cash has already gotten this one. I'm going to be picking this one up. (laughs) And that is the Digital Collector's Edition upgrade. So if you already have all the previous stuff, you know, the chapters, and you're like, man, I just want, give me the goods with the upgrade. Well, here you go. You can purchase the and digital collector's edition upgrade for access to new chapter and the following in-game goodies. Now, Cash, what are they getting? You are going to get the Cinch Rot, uh, the Cinch Rot Mount, which we talked about that species of Khajiit during our lore lesson. And how they were so massive that these were actually battle cats, battle mounts. Thunder, thunder, cats, right? That's what the Centrot mount is. Um, the largest of all the first stock or breeds of the Khajiit, the Centrot is fully intelligent and in combat often serves simultaneously as warrior and mount. I don't think that means you're going to be able to attack things with your mount, but he is freaking awesome. Anyway. Um, you're going to get the Ashen Scar Jerboa Pet. There are many in the Ashen Scar, and if you catch one when it's small, it makes for a pleasant, fuzzy friend. Hmm. Yeah. The uh, Archaic Lore Tablets Memento, which is really cool. Invoke these tablets of archaic lore, and they will glow with the wisdom of ancient knowledge. Then the Kajidi Culture Emote Pack, a cat folk pack. That includes the cat contemplation, feline hygiene, what itself, what? and pedlar beckoning emotes. <laughs> feline hygiene. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. You're gonna lick your own butt. Uh, dragon bone outfit style allows you to convert your gear to the dragon bone style, which is similar to the um, imperial style that we got. With uh, previous release. There you go. So those are awesome. Um, there is some disdain out there over the fact that they did not choose to do a physical collector's edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little bummed about it, but you know, it's not a game breaker for me. 
but I would have loved to have had something as awesome as Mephala and um, Molag Ball and the other statues that we have for the other collector's edition of a dragon. That's what I was going to say. Like, I would love to have had a dragon. Um, I know they're going to be offering physical stuff later. Exactly. That was my next point. Um, It was brought up um, while we were out there and talking to the devs. They said there will be some physical collector stuff available as the year progresses. Um, So we should probably talk about the print real quick that is available. I don't know if it's still available. There were only 300 copies available, so it's kind of an exclusive thing. But there is a print available at Bethesda.com that has a shadowy figure. I thought I thought it was the Breton um, from the trailer standing on a rock outcropping with a dragon and elsewhere in the distance or a dragon in the distance in elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be happy to tell you that as soon as they um, mentioned that, I bought that on my iPad when you were in the middle of doing your interview with them (laughs) i pre-ordered the game and bought that like immediately like oh yeah that i need that that has to be on the other side of the wall and the and that plushy chair yeah and my my purple twitchy plushy chair i was sitting in while you were doing your thing i was so jealous that you were you had that kind of comfort that's fantastic (laughs) Uh, i tell you what the most uh, thing i'm most excited about i'm a huge motif junkie that's the only reason why i level my crafting and that's the dragon bone outfit style i can't wait for that I love that. Yep. I love that. that uh, wasn't Dragonbone awesome. a uh, an armor in Skyrim as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can make Dragonbone armor. Yeah. See, that's so freaking cool. You know, bringing that back. But anyway, well, that was the news bit portion of this episode. So we want to know what you think. What you think of elsewhere. What you think of... You could even be specific things. Um, racial changes for next week's episode. Um, necros. Whatever. Call us. 765-382- 6961. You can also email us at loresecretspodcast at gmail.com. Now, for my favorite part, where I get to sit back, listen, and enjoy some lore. Are you ready, Cash? Always ready for lore, buddy. Okay. Uh, I'm going to step back. You do your thing. All right. Here, here we go. All right. Here we go. All right. We're going to talk about this is lore lesson 42, by the way. Cuadentados. No kidding. It's a lot of lore lessons. Yeah, that's awesome. But I never thought we were going to do a lore lesson on this particular thing. What's that, Cash? What is it? Tell me more. <gasps> dragons. Dragons. We're doing a war lesson on dragons. Okay, I can't do that. Just keep going. Yeah, so, I mean, this it's it's a thing. I mean, these are... Flesh and bone dragons, not just bone dragons. These are flesh and bone dragons that are coming to the world that we live and love in Tamriel in the Second Era. So this is lore being written right in front of your face because up to this date, dragons were said to be non-existent during the Second Era. Correct. So... um. They're just not very well known in our era of Elder Scrolls Online. Very, very rare sight, even in their own day. But dragons are a large reptilian beast race 
rumored to have originated in Akavir. We've already talked about Akavir before. Akavir is literally translated to mean Dragonland and is a very large continent to the east of Tamriel's mainland. Akavir and Tamriel have had a very jaded yet clouded history, including several invasions from both sides. Tales have also foretold that dragons also came from the northernmost landmass land of Nern, which we've also had a lore lesson on, which was at Mora, the home of the Nords. Ancient Nords. So wherever they ended up originating, the race of dragons posed a very, very formidable threat to Tamriel. And obviously they will continue to in, this ne- in the next chapter. Uh, massive and scaled, huge creatures, much larger than any man or myrrh. They have ridges with spikes along their slender frames, uh, wings resembling that of a bat, a massive bat. Mm-hmm. And they each have three sharp talons and a vestigial digit called a dewclaw on each of their legs. Hmm. My, my cats have a dewclaw. It's always the one that gets you. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so in addition to their incredible sides, dragons have a very renowned affinity for magic. So not only are they giant and hulking, but they're really good at magic too. Uh, they can speak the common tongue despite not having any lips. And on top of that, they can freaking fly. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, many various types of dragons. There's a, a wide variety of colors and sizes and I'm sure we're going to get to see quite a bit of those. We've already seen a lot of the horns um, and the facial features on these dragons are different from any dragon that we've seen, like especially like in Skyrim. Yeah. They're just different. Right. Um, dragons are known to be incredibly intelligent. They can experience a myriad of mortal feelings but they are incredibly distrustful creatures even of their own kind. So here's the first fun fact for this lore lesson. Dragons are very social creatures, and they have been known to be driven mad by captivity and isolation, which brings about a very important question. What do you think the state of mind of the dragons were when they escaped the halls of Colossus? Pissed. Mm. That's my thought. Mm. <laughs> not stoked. <laughs> This was not a, my th- <laughs> not a good time for me. Yes, so I think that's probably going to uh, lend right into us having to murder them, mm-hmm. or at least try. Mm-hmm. Don't hit the hard mode scroll, please. <laughs> um, dragons are the immortal children of Akatosh. I mean, we talked a little bit about that Akatosh being the dragon god of time. We talked about that last episode, or the episode before last episode. We talked about dragon breaks. It turns out dragon breaks have absolutely nothing to do with what's going on in Elder Scrolls in Tamriel during Elsewhere. Well played, Zoss. Yeah, that, that, that was a nice troll there. That was good. Yeah, it was a, like a super juke. Um, so being the immortal children of the dragon god of time, Akatosh they are especially attuned to that same flow of time. Dragons are programmed to dominate all other beings, and in their mind, there is no difference between being powerful and being correct. So for this reason, 
dragons see speaking, conversation, and combat as one and the same. So a lot of times they will have deadly verbal debates between their own kind. Hmm. As they fight, they're literally killing each other with their words. So that's interesting. That sounds like my wife. I was going to say, it sounds like good day. Yeah. (laughs) She could literally melt my face with her words. Hmm. It's terrifying. That's a terrifying love right there. She's a wonderful woman. Yes, she is. I love her a long time. (laughs) (laughs) You what? How? You know what I meant? The powerful wizard of the first era, Shalador. Some of you might remember him. He's made some appearances in the Mages Guild questline. Mm-hmm. Shalador committed a great amount of time into the study of dragons and their origins. His mastery of magic was nearly unmatched during his time period, uh, during the, the part of history where he lived, that his mastery of magic was unmatched. So his research became known as truth. It was very highly sought after. And even centuries after his death, people sought after his knowledge in his tomes and writings. Mm-hmm. His research into dragons, however, he recorded in something that was called Shalador's Insights, a disquisition on the origin and nature of dragons. In this writing, he suggested that dragons had existed since the dawn of time, but that he had, but that they had begun as innately wild creatures. He thought that when they were they were born, they were just wild. Right. But he claimed that the dragons didn't become civilized until the birth of Alduin, the firstborn of Akatosh. So Alduin was Akatosh's son. And you all remember Alduin from Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Alduin the world eater was an immensely powerful dragon who proclaimed to be the very aspect of Akatosh. His name in dragon's tongue can be separated into Alduin, which means destroyer, devour, master. Hmm. Yeah. That That's kick-ass lore. Right there. Yeah. That's kick-ass lore right there. Okay. Um, second fun fact. Nordic legend... legend holds that in the early days dragons were the only creatures who could harness the power of their voice to perform great feats of magic in the early days but we all know that something happened for mortal to be able to harness that same magic Uh don't worry i'll get there okay dragons are believed to have made their homes high in the mountains in areas that allowed their flight to be free of obstructions if you can imagine 747 airplane trying to flap its wings and take off, you're going to need some room. So that's why they lived up high. Dragons preferred a very solitary life well away from thieves and aggression. Thieves part was interesting because that to me indicates that dragons, just like they are in, in the lore of many, many different fantasy books, including the king... Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Um, dragons preferred a solitary life in that series because they were hoarders of treasure. Uh-huh. So that's what that kind of led me to. There was nothing else on it. I couldn't find anything else on it. Why they would want to be away from thieves and aggression. 
other than to kind of deduce that they like to keep stuff. Right. Um, they also made use in the higher areas in the mountains. They made use of flat areas to raise cattle, seemingly to eat them. Um, and then some ancient indications suggest that dragons had some skill in smithing. It was interesting. That's how would they? How would that work? Like you're not it's holding ma- tools, man. Magic legs. Okay. Magic. Magic hammers. It's magic. During the Merithic era, dragon priests formed and maintained several dragon-worshipping cults. The cults uh, were enthralled, or the cults actually enthralled the surrounding populations and forged an uneasy peace between dragons and men. So they kind of started, through these dragon cults, they started to intertwine the culture of the dragon with regular people. And you can kind of see how there's kind of an uneasy union there. I'd go. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Get that thing out of here. Yeah. No kidding. Um, at some point during this era, during Merithic, the Nordic legend holds that Alduin led an offensive against the races of men, which instigated a rebellion against the dragon race. So I think they said what happened was a dragon, they were trying to make friends in one of these Nordic towns, and he sneezed and caught some crap on fire. So the people started getting mad, and Alduin was like, that's not cool. The guy was sick. He sneezed. Don't be upset. And then the war started. I mean, that's why I'd start a war. Yeah. So that last part isn't really true, <laughs> but it was awesome. Oh. <laughs> okay. So the dragons uh, had indiscriminately began killing the population of men under the leadership orders of Alduin. Kind of sounds like a thief. Um, Alduin ignored his duty, which was to just take care of the dragons. And um, as a leader, and he decided to conquer the land and take it from men instead. Uh, Though dragons were initially thought to be unbeatable, mortals discovered ways to slow and defeat the beasts. Legend holds that Akatosh himself, Alduin's father, intervened against the dragons by turning their own kind against each other to assist in ending the war. That's legend. But legend holds that Akatosh was completely against this war between the men and the dragons. So if you remember from Skyrim, the dragon Parthenax took pity upon the Nords and taught several mortals, including your character, to use the thum of the dragon's tongue to channel their own voices into the tongue of the dragons. This power allowed the mortal race to turn the tide of war and eventually... Defeat Alduin. Minor spoiler. Play the game. For Christ's sake, it's old. (laughs) The remaining dragons were hunted and killed until they were nearly extinct. Fun fact. Many people of the Merithic era, most notably the dragon priests and their followers, ended up becoming the undead Draugr that still haunt the crypts of the Northern Territories today. And in the later eras. Yeah, so most of those guys, I mean, sometimes you have to fight a dragon priest, um, but for the most part, those Draugr were either citizens of a local town or um, in, in the dragon cult themselves, and they just ended up becoming the protectors of those crypts. Interesting. Yeah. 
After the dragons had lost their foothold in Tamriel due to the War of the Dragon Age, not the game, there's actually a War of the Dragon Age, they became much, much more elusive. So threats such as, this was very, very interesting, the threat, threats such as the, the Teshi, which we've talked about, they were a snake-like Akaviri race, mm-hmm. and an out-of-control population of cliff racers in Vardenfell dwindled down the population of dragons to an all-time low across Nern. So they started hiding. They're like, F this. Right. This sucks. Um, the Akaviri Dragon Guard and later the Blades. Damn Imperials. <laughs> members of an elite Imperial order dedicated to the protection and service of the dragonborn emperors of Tamriel hunted the remaining dragons and their followers to near extinction. As a result, Almost all wild dragons were either killed or driven off, disappearing altogether from sight in Tamriel. This is much later, though. Dragons made an early return in the Fourth Era as a result of the resurfacing of Alduin, the firstborn of Akatosh. He came back, and he was said to have been transported through time by the ancient Nords. Alduin was able to resurrect many of his fallen dragon brethren. Skyrim, kind of some main plot points here. This was possible due to one fact. Only the dragons themselves, or one who is truly dragon-born, possess the power to permanently kill a dragon. And that only occurs when the dragon-born absorbs the dragon's soul. Skyrim. Uh If you haven't played it, you should be downloading it by now. It's awesome. Played all the way through. Well, you're a communist. Our <laughs> listeners know that, so that's that. Jeez. So, as a result of this very event in the fourth era, the fate of any remaining dragons is unknown. Hmm. I don't have to tell you. Let's talk a little bit about the halls of Colossus to close this because is very interesting to me. In elsewhere, there is a place called the Halls of Colossus. In the trailer that you saw at the very beginning of our show and the one that you watched last week during the reveal of Elsewhere, the next chapter of Elder Scrolls Online, you saw dragons unleashed because of a wrath stone and they came out of this massive door and flew out of this massive structure. That structure is called the Halls of Colossus. Mm-hmm. So, Abner Tharn hauls butt to get out of there. His travel companion, uh, the female Khajiit by the name of Kamira, hauls butt out of there. But who knows why they traveled to the halls of Colossus and elsewhere? Nobody knows. And I'm kind of dying to find out. Um, we don't quite know what they were doing and why they were there. So I started digging into what the Halls of Colossus was. Halls of Colossus is an ancient structure in the Kinral Peninsula, which is southern elsewhere, basically. Mm-hmm. The halls are perched up on this massive cliff overlooking the Great Divide. The halls were built as a monument to a race of giants, although some say it was actually built by the giants themselves. Others claim the halls were built by Tiber Septim, 
for use as a testing ground for his prototype weapon, the, the Numidium. We've already talked about the Numidium right. in the past as well, but I'm going to seal it up for you again to remind you in our fun fact. The Numidium, also known as the Anumidium or the Brass God, was a giant golem of Dwemer origin constructed to be a new god. It was powered by the Heart of Lorcan. Remember that story? Yep. Cool. All right. The Halls of Colossus very first appeared in the lore of the game Arena. The very first Elder Scrolls game. The quest was actually called the Halls of Colossus. And in the quest from Arena, the Halls of Colossus are described as three massive levels with ghouls, skeletons, rats, hellhounds, all kinds of baddies in there. The player during this quest must descend all levels of the halls in search of a piece of Yagger Tharn, Abner Tharn's father, Yagger Tharn's Staff of Chaos. You've got the player has to go into the Halls of Colossus to get a piece of Abner Tharn's dad's staff. Could this be the reason Abner Tharn was visiting the Halls of Colossus in the first place? Interesting. We don't know. Was there some kind of family heirloom that was left in there that he was trying to retrieve? Why would the dragons have been locked in the Halls of Colossus in the first place? So my thought, it's just theory. Since the Halls of Colossus were built for giants, it implies that the massive size of the halls would be sizable enough to imprison a race of creatures large enough or, you know, as large as dragons. Right. There is not much more known about the Halls of Colossus. I have looked ad nauseum. If you can find something more, please let me know. Because I'd be incredibly interested to hear more about what the Halls of Colossus is. Now, I'm pretty sure we're going to find out a lot more this mid-year, but we'll see where we land. So whatever the reason for Tharn's visit to the Halls of Colossus, the dragons are going to be unleashed back into Tamriel. We are undoubtedly going to be in for an incredible adventure. I cannot wait to figure it out, unlock the secrets of the return of the dragons Me too. in Elder Scrolls Online. Me too. Like um, when, when Somerset dropped... The main storyline was really the part that really, you know, I wanted to just pour everything I had into that. And this time around, I'm discovering it's not just the main quest link. I think the side quests mean just as much to me. And I really think we're going to get a lot of good lore out of those side quest missions. Good lore! Good lore! Yeah. Well, that was good! Yeah. It's kind of a different one, because I I never thought I'd be writing a lore lesson on dragons. Well... You know, but a dead. But you did. You did real good. Yeah. You did real Thanks, good. Buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, goodness. Well, everybody, thank you all so much for hanging out, for listening to the Elder Scrolls Online podcast. Why did I say Elder Scrolls? Thank you for listening to Lower Seekers. <laughs> this is the official Elder Scrolls Online podcast. No, it's not. Ooh, well, that'd be a fun <laughs> we're job. Just, we're just two dorks. Well, anyway, thank you all so much for hanging out and listening to the show. If you enjoyed the show, and we hope that you did, head on over to iTunes for every five-star review that we get. We show you some love on the show. Now, you got to write a review. You can't just leave a, a, a amount of stars because then I can't give you credit. It doesn't tell me. But anyway, 
slightly salty 24 from the United States of America says what an absolute fantastic show I've only just gotten into listening to podcasts but the production value in this one is unmatched absolutely incredible to listen to as a new player or someone who needs a refresher on the lore and some in-game tips five out of five hands down thank you so much thank you slightly salty thank you thank you thank you i like that username too i do too it's funny uh you can call us 765-382-6961 you can also email us at loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com and we do have a guild that's ever growing i think we're upwards of 700 people now on the discord channel it's getting ridiculous but uh anyway yeah you can uh join the guild learn more about it loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild download discord join our discord server and then all you gotta do is type slash apply in the apply to guild channel you'll receive the app via pm and it'll send it off to us when you're done you can listen to this show wherever podcasts are free, wherever they're found, we're there. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, whatever. As long as they're there for free, we're there. And uh, if you want to get it, by the way, after this, if you want to get a free audiobook, all you got to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash loreseekers. You sign up for a free trial, you get to keep your book. Cancel it, you still get to keep your free book. Either way, it's something for free on us. So check it out. Uh, and after you're done listening to this show, there's more awesome Elder Scrolls Online podcasts you can check out. We've got the Tenets podcast, Tales of Tamriel, Sons of Sithis, Written in Uncertainty, and I do believe Off the Record is back. Yes, they are yeah. back, but right. not content. There you go. You can check them out as well. Thank you, everybody, for following here on Twitch, for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. And uh, Twitter, you can follow myself at JibsIRL, Cash at LoreSeekerCash with a K. And most importantly, the show at Laura Seekers Cast. We hope you had a great week, a great time here with us. This was our Elsewhere episode, and we'll be back next week with more Laura Seeker ESO content. Take care. Two more, two more points. We are on Instagram now at Laura Seekers, and we are winding down our storyline this week. The storyline is brought to you by none other than Brax Wolf. There you go. Hope you enjoy it. There you go. Fantastic. Well, thank you, everybody. Have a good time, good week, and we'll see you next week. Cheers and dilly dilly. Let Us Dream by Braxwolf. The young wood elf bounded through the thick underbrush of the grotwood, darting this way and that, chasing whichever animal grabbed her attention. She was fascinated by the creatures, and often went out into the forest to observe their interactions and behaviors. Of course, being Bosmer, she observed a diet of mostly meat, but the relationship she held with the animals of the wood was much more complex than predator-prey. It was as if she could speak to them, and they sometimes obeyed her commands. A few weeks ago, she had captured a Nixad, rare in these parts. She named him Windancer. With hours of careful training and instruction, he was now tame enough to follow along on her adventures, always hovering just out of reach and constantly on the lookout for a tasty torchbug. At this point, 
the dream became familiar. It happened the same way every time. Oh, look, dancer tracks, she exclaimed. Descended from great hunters, she was eager to improve her tracking skills. This trail appeared to be made by a pack of some kind, probably canine. She crouched and followed the tracks, deliberately searching for their telltale signs of passage. A broken branch here, a smeared berry there. Following the trail captured the bulk of her attention, and soon she lost track of her surroundings. Before long, she found herself in an unfamiliar grove. The ever-present chirps and squeaks of birds and bugs grew silent. She tensed an ominous shadow and slowed to a halt. Twigs and leaves began to rustle all around her. As she swiveled her head, she realized that she had been surrounded on all sides by a pack of large werewolves. They carefully encircled her. Werewolves were not common in this forest, but the pubs in Elden Root were often filled by hunters one-upping each other with tales of their brief encounters with the dangerous creatures. Most were dismissed as fable, the stuff of dreams and legends. Perhaps that's all they were. After all, wasn't this a dream? Greta Sylvania stood up and stiffened her back in defiance. Her spunk and pride would not allow her to die a cowering, shameful death. She hoped that the loud beating of her heart would not betray the terror building within her. She sternly met the gaze of the pack leader. This took him off guard, and his snarl softened nearly into a grin. He relaxed his shoulders and eased toward her until his hot, foul breath grazed the top of her head. She stood like a rebellious statue. Finally, she closed her eyes tightly, awaiting a swipe from his massive paw. Several seconds passed. Then she felt herself pinned to the ground, and as quickly as he was on her, his weight lifted. When Bretta opened her eyes, her blurred vision revealed only an empty grove and a few rustling tree branches, disturbed by the escaping pack just seconds prior. As she tried to sit up, she noticed a sharp pain in her shoulder. She examined it for a dislocation. She withdrew her crimson-colored hand and it became clear what had happened. She had been bitten. The normally jovial Bosmer grew angry at this violation. How dare they inflict her with this, this curse and just leave her like this. It was as if she was being toyed with. The fire inside her grew until she simply couldn't contain it any longer. The last thing she saw before the world slowed down was her own hands, frightful, sharp, and covered with hair. Then the dream changed. It was no longer the past. It was present day, in a faraway land. She saw a member of the reliquary, bloodied and tortured, his bow and quiver kept just out of reach. She saw faces, both familiar and new, embarking on a daring mission to save him. Their planning was meticulous. Their resolve was firm. Then the scene changed, and she saw Basrim, surrounded by minions of 
questionable character, laughing amongst themselves as the downtrodden warden slumped in the corner. They were sketching lines and arrows into a crudely drawn map in the sand. They knew Jibs and Cash and the reliquary were coming. This was a trap. Bretta awoke with a start. She sat straight up in her makeshift sleeping bag. Her breathing was quickened, but her senses were dull. After a few minutes of recounting the messages from her subconscious, she began to question herself. Was it just a dream? Were her friends really in danger? Or had she enjoyed one too many mugs of rot meth the night before? In the end, it didn't matter. Bretta was an elf of action. If there was any chance that the leadership of the reliquary was in danger, she could not sit idly by. She quickly gathered her belongings and whistled for her partially domesticated gray wolf. He growled nervously as she stuffed his saddlebags. I know, Brax, we've got work to do, she soothed. Then, with a single motion, she swung across the saddle and they shot off through the woods. <laughs>